Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward. That's Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. This is a rapid reaction brought to you by Byers Auto. Urban Meyer, he's not the uh, current head coach of Ohio State. He's been retired for a couple years, but he is now the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, a pretty fascinating turn of events uh, for the national championship coach with the Buckeyes, somebody who we've had uh, as part of our weekend kickoff at his pint house in Dublin uh, this year as he had enjoyed two years of retirement, but that's now over. Uh, this decision, Berm, I can't say that it's a, a huge surprise knowing how competitive Urban is, but it is you know, from the standpoint of how much he was enjoying uh, his work at Fox uh, the Thursday night shows that we were doing were part of that. The travel that he was able to do, uh, in being a grandfather, and also his health concerns. I thought all of that would wind up, you know, adding into a piece where he also got to secure his legacy and maybe not ever, you know, you know, besmirch that with losses in the NFL or by taking other Ohio State staff members or whatever. I thought he was content, um, but clearly that itch uh, had to be scratched. Yeah, and I. I mean, anyone who's been a competitor in their life knows that that really never goes away. And I, I think that in in the mindset of someone like Urban Meyer, he, he has to think, hey, I like coaching. I like competing. Doing so in the NFL will be less stressful than um, the doing so in college. And, and on the surface, I think that's probably correct. You don't have to deal with recruiting. You don't have to deal with the name image likeness stuff, your transfer portal, all that stuff. But you do have to deal with salary caps and players deciding they don't want to practice on, on a normal day or um, players who make more money than you. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, change a, a general manager that you don't get to tell what to do. I mean, there, there's, there's parts of this that I, I think maybe urban is going to look back in two years and say, gosh, I probably made the wrong decision. Um, but if he wants to coach doing so in the NFL, where it should be more about just coaching football um, seems to be the right spot. And again, what you said there at the end, I think is the most important thing. He didn't take the job at Texas because he wanted to make sure that his legacy in Columbus and in Ohio didn't get ruined. And I think that that part of things still is sort of up in the air based on where he goes to fill out his staff, his support staff, et cetera. I think that that part could still very much uh, happen. I think the legacy is still sort of at risk. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll come back to that in a second. Um, you know, Spencer, when you look at this, like it's early and it's uh, it's day one. I just I'm very curious about how Urban Meyer's coaching style uh, and the fact that he's never been in the NFL level is going to translate. Berm said in two years to look back and. Uh, potentially, you know, wonder if he made the right choice. I just have a hard time, like, understanding how Urban's approach will translate at that level. Yeah, and I, I understand those concerns because you don't get to go in at five uh, for a 5 a.m. practice and not let anybody wear a Jaguar shirt and say that you're going to have a four-hour, uh, you know, uh, training camp session in the middle of January, like like he probably wanted to if he would have taken the Texas job. You don't get to 
tear everything down and restart the culture because you've got guys under contracts with guarantees. You've got CBAs to deal with. You've got uh, relationships with players associations where if you make certain players mad, they go to the, the union rep and say, hey, this isn't right. And then you have to deal with that. You've got a general manager. You have an owner. This is not Urban and Gene Smith, you know, get to talk in the office and decide what, what's best for the program. This is an entire billion dollar structure of the NFL. I just, I'm not sure how that side of it, because we know he's a great football coach. We know what he's been able to do when he gets elite talent. He obviously is going to have that because it's the NFL and everyone has elite talent. I just don't know how the structure of everything is going to pan out for him because you don't get to do mat drills. You don't get to do all those things because they're against the rules in the NFL. So there's just certain things that I, I wonder how he's going to be able to cope with and if it actually will scratch that itch that he has, because it's not going to be nearly the same. Well, and when you talk about building an Urban Meyer culture, that's why so much of the conversation has been about, well, how does this impact Ohio State with what, you know, he built and left in place for Ryan Day to enhance, and that's those those core staff members. Mickey Marotti has spent his entire career doing those same drills that you talked about, Spencer, and developing young men and having that plan. A strength coach in the NFL is, is almost irrelevant. Um, those guys are training on their own. Uh, you know, they, they, there's limits to what you can and can't do uh, when you're doing workouts and training camps and all that stuff throughout the course of an NFL year, talking about that collectively bargained rights that you were also mentioning. So I don't believe at this point that Mickey Marotti um, would want to go do that in the NFL and take that step back. Um, now this, the other people that we're talking about here, with Mark Pantone on the recruiting side, Ryan Stamper with, you know, player development, um, Brian Boltolini, and then getting into the rest of that coaching staff. Um, at this point, we'll see uh, what happens, Berm, but m almost everybody that we've talked to that would be involved in this uh, has suggested that they are, are happy in their current situation working with Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that one or two people could not be on the way to Jacksonville with him. Um, and that naturally starts with a direct tie to Jacksonville with Ryan Stamper and being in the family uh, and potentially being able to still be a grandfather if Corey Dennis were to go and have some sort of role in Jacksonville. Yeah, and everyone can say they're super content and super happy. And they're, and I know that from talking to people in the last two years, the, the quality of life that these guys have had in Columbus has changed. They're, they're happy working with Ryan Day. But it is hard to turn down a lot more money and, you know, um, different responsibilities and an exciting new path and all those things. But, you know, you talk about Urban and, and Mick and these guys, and, and you hit on the point that their whole thing, the whole mantra has been about creating young men and building young men. And it is not, that is not the NFL. You are dealing with the, the guys that have made it. You are dealing with, like I said, players that are going to make urban Meyer is going to make like $12 million a year for the Jaguars. And he's going to be dealing with the first draft pick that he ever signs for them is going to be making more money than he is. And that is a different dynamic. And I, I don't know how you uh, approach that in a way that gets people to really buy into something where urban's entire way has always been the psychological warfare, almost like break you down, break you down, break you down. These kids, these people in the NFL, they don't, they don't need to put up with that and they don't put up with that. So, you know, I think that's just the final thought on that. But when it comes to the people in the staff room, 
Sure. I, I get that Corey Dennis makes sense from a number of standpoints because what we know about the Meyer family is how they really are close and they like to kind of do things together. I'm sure that Shelly would love to have uh, Nikki and, and, and uh, Corey in Florida with them. But as Spencer and I will talk about on talking stuff coming up uh, tomorrow, like it doesn't, I don't know if it makes sense for either side it, from a professional perspective. Does it make sense for Corey Dennis to hitch his wagon to maybe a two or three year stint in the NFL with Urban Meyer because he's not going to be a quarterback's coach in the NFL? He's just not. He'd probably be a special teams coach in the NFL to start. Um, does it make more sense for Corey to continue working with Ryan Day if he wants to develop as a quarterback guy? Um, does it make sense for Urban and his first NFL staff to hire a family, B, a guy that's been a one-year full-time assistant in college football? If Urban wants to be successful, I think he's smart enough to realize that he needs to go out and hire you know, proven NFL commodities. But again, this whole thing is one of those like, oh, I don't know why we're doing this to begin with. So <laughs> you just don't you just don't know where it goes. It could really go anywhere. And I think it's natural when you're talking about it going anywhere, Burma's <clears throat> it's human nature to look at what the worst case scenario would be. And you could make cases that, uh, you know, Brian Hartline would be a very good NFL coach. Uh, Larry Johnson, we know that he's developed NFL defensive linemen. You could go all the way through that staff, but there's also a lot of counterpoints to that, which they already have extremely high paying jobs with way more job security. Um, you know, just talking about Marathi, like strength coaches are so replaceable at that NFL level. And Marathi is the highest paid strength coach in the country. Uh, at a place that he would never, uh, ever be fired uh, or have to worry about the head coach that he joined being fired after a couple of years in, in a profession that's as turbulent as the NFL. You know, Brian Hartline, when I met, bring him up, is back living uh, and coaching at his alma mater with family nearby. Um, now he does need a raise potentially at some point. Not uh, potentially. Definitely. <laughs> he definitely needs one at some point uh, pretty, pretty soon. But there's just not um, – you know, a bunch of guys here that are champing at the bit to go test themselves at the NFL as an assistant coach when they already have some of the most prestigious jobs at any level of football in this country. Now, I don't say that to mean that nobody would ever do it or jump at it, but that opportunity when, when they built this to this level where they're competing for championships every year and being uh, very well compensated, you know, that, that's pretty comfortable. That's hard to leave. They also are around an NF, a former NFL coach who had to move his family, you know, two or three times in a matter of two or three years. And when they walk into Ryan Day's office and talk to him, talk through that with him, he, he will probably tell them, you know, are, is it, are you sure this is something you want to do where you could be fired at any given moment, especially as a position coach in the NFL. If your wide receivers drop a few passes, two straight weeks, you're probably – on the chopping block at some point. So, I mean, like the job security in the NFL is just not there. And I think that's a great point that you bring up, Austin, because the, the dog-eat-dog mentality and the cutthroat mentality of the NFL is nothing compared to even Ohio State at the highest level of college football, where if you're going to the national championship, unless you're really messing up, your job security is great. It's fantastic. Whereas if you make it to the AFC divisional round and you're not getting the job done there, you still might be replaced because the, everybody wants a Super Bowl. So I think that is something that plays to Ohio State's advantage because their head, the head coach understands what it's like to be a nomad in the NFL. And that weighs on, on a lot of these coaches. And I think that's something that could play to the Buckeyes' advantage. College assistant coaching is a constant upward mobility if you're at a successful place. 
So whether it's financial upward mobility and you're getting raises regularly, or you're getting an opportunity to go from being a, a wide receivers coach to being an offensive coordinator or a defensive line coach to being a head coach, that is not the case in the NFL. You go from being a linebacker coach in Arizona to linebacker coach in, in Kansas City to linebacker coach in Miami. Like that is that's that's your life. And sure, it's well paying and you get to coach football and you get six months off a year and that sounds cool, but um, is that what you is that what motivates you? And that's I guess the question people have to ask themselves. Yeah, I, I guess my when I think of all that and add it together, um, I don't believe Burn that this move will have a major impact on Ohio state at all. And, and urban's a couple of years removed and obviously him being a coach um, opens up the possibility that he could come back to the place that he built and, and hand it off and, and maybe take some people, but it's hard for me as we sit here right now on this first day to look at it and see that major changes are coming to Ohio state for that reason. Yep. I agree. I mean, the, the, what you're looking at at Ohio state is maybe more natural attrition. I mean, we've, Everyone has wondered, you know, how long could Greg Madison hold, you know, hold into his spot at Ohio State? He's been a coach for a long time. That makes a lot more sense from a potential like coaching change uh, perspective at Ohio State than somebody leaving to go coach in the NFL. I mean, there's a number of things that have to be decided when it comes to Ohio State's roster and Ohio State's, you know, uh, perspective and Ohio State's goals on defense and that kind of stuff. But I don't think that you're going to see wholesale changes based simply because Urban Meyer is going to be in the NFL. Yeah, I did mention uh, the other day in my defensive dissection piece at Letterman Row that uh, we are told through Letterman sources that Greg Madison is expected to retire in this offseason. So, of course, uh, some changes are coming, and and Ohio State has always used some of these uh, high-profile college football playoff games to evaluate where they are and what they need to do to get back and get better. But Urban Meyer is not really going to be a factor from that, at least at this point, uh, to our knowledge. So that's what we've got. Urban Meyer, Ohio State, Jacksonville, uh, a busy offseason ramping up to speed already. He's burned. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. Stay with us for full coverage of the Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.